Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Alan Tonham. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is part of the Mother Folklore gang, zoo gang, crew. Squad. <laughs> squad. 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 We want to yeah. be a squad. Okay. That's what we want to be. Yeah. It's Peter Kavanagh. Hey. Welcome to the show. Thanks, William. I can't believe you've called me interesting. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. Yeah, we'll say lots of nice things about you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you have a very good topic, one which ties into your other interest, which is being a member of the Green Party, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Is that an interest or like a vocation? Or it's a, yeah, it's, yeah, it's combo? Just, yeah, yeah, it's a combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my, it's my um, I don't know, it feels sometimes like a cross to bear. Sometimes mm-hmm. that like you put yourself forward and say, I want to change things. I want to make a difference. I want to run for election. And then it's just, oh, it's such an almighty pain in the hall sometimes. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm an environmentalist. Yeah. And so what's your topic? It is the wonderfully criminally underrated Captain Planet and the Planeteers. So for anybody who isn't our age, explain <laughs> what Captain Planet and the Planeteers was slash is. Captain, I- Captain Planet and the Planeteers. <laughs> yeah. Captain Planet and the, it's a, uh, it's. It's an environmentalist television program. Um, so it is a program where it was all based off this idea. There's this guy called Ted Turner, and he owned a television network, among many other things. He also owned a baseball team, the Atlanta. He dated Braves. Jane Fonda. He was he married did, to yeah, Jane Fonda. He was married for like to Jane Fonda as well. Twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Or yeah. So he's a multi-billionaire. And at, at one stage, at a meeting, at one stage, he said, "We should have a superhero for the whole planet, uh, and let's call him Captain Planet." And uh, that was enough to get him a co-credit as a creator <laughs> of the show. Uh, and yeah, so it was programmed by it was uh, it was um, it was produced by Turner Program Services. It was broadcast on his television show, and it was his sort of vanity project that there would be the superhero who was there to save the world from pollution and uh, and stuff, uh, and and basically save the environment. So it was it was cool, and uh, yeah, he had a sweet mullet, and he was blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was aided by uh, the Planeteers, who were um, young people, one from each continent, uh, who who had powerful rings. Because it was kind of like a pre-Power Rangers sort of summoning kind of a show. Yes, that's probably accurate. Yeah, it's they're probably co-current actually. Are they? Like, yeah, are they? Well, like, the original Japanese Power Rangers. I suppose. Probably yeah, yeah, at the same yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Um, so let's just go through the five Planeteers first. Yeah, because uh, some of them had very interesting voice actors. Um, so there was the leader was Kwame. LeVar yeah. Burton. It was LeVar Burton. No. And, yeah. and you got to bear in mind, like, th- this came out uh, in 1990. Mm. So at this point, 1990, at that stage, Jordi LaForge had just been promoted to chief engineer of the... Because it was just after the third season of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Yeah. So he was all, now, at this stage, a lieutenant commander and one of the regular characters, and he was starting to get episodes about him. So LeVar Burton was a big... It was, it was a big deal. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, so the, the, the Planeteers were... They were Kwame, who was from Africa... Uh, they were from Ghana uh, specifically, I think. Hmm? From Ghana specifically, yeah, 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 I mean, where they just say continents, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, which is just, except was, for the American. Yeah, Wheeler yeah, you're like that's America. okay. But. <laughs> from North America, yeah, uh, and uh, then uh, Linka was from the the, the Soviet Union mm-hmm. <laughs> as it was at the time, even yeah. though it came out after the the, the fall of the Soviet Union. She was from generic Eastern Europe. Yeah, uh, uh, Guy was from Asia. And Mati was from South America. He was Brazilian. He was from the Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but Kwame was the leader. Uh, again, unusual at the time. A black African as the leader of yeah. the gang. Uh, and, uh, yeah, played by LeVar Burton. He was big. Now, the the, the, the Planeteers, 
they were okay. They they had uh, quality voice actors, guys who had done loads of stuff like Janice Kawai and Scott Menville, Kath Susie. They all they're good like voice actor stock. Like mm. they've done things like Michael Valiant and Prince Valiant and yeah, uh, Kath Susie's a big Futurama person as well. Yeah, exactly. she was Phil and Lil in Rugrats. Oh, she, That's yes, how yes. I know her because <laughs> yeah. this is a bit before me. But mm-hmm. I love Kath Susie. She's a really good voice actor. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the really big names were in the ones that didn't have to do every single episode. They were mm-hmm. in the rotating cast of of baddies, and that was just just insane. Ted Turner. You used his fiendish powers Yeah, he was of kind of a celebrity a billionaire. billionaire at yeah, the time. Yeah. And he was like a celebrity left billionaire, which is rare. So all the like, Hollywood actors liked him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and he was an environmentalist as mm-hmm. well, which is, again, like, it's just... The eco-villains, the bad guys that they had, um, they had Ed Asner playing Hoggish Greedley, and he was a um, he was a big voice actor. He'd done lots of stuff uh, in the past. Um, but the real ones were Verminous Scum was Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke Nukem was Dean Stockwell, who was you may remember as Al in Quantum Leap. Yep. Um, Dr. Blight uh, was Meg Ryan, which is just... 1990, Meg Ryan, like this is... Yeah. There was, she in was and huge around the at that point. Issues, it was, enormous. yeah, posts... Harry met no. Harry Post when Harry met Sally was, po- was it? Was it ninety one? Is it? I think, I think Harry met Sally was probably. I think it was ninety one. I'd have to double check. Yeah. But she was already kind of. She was still lefty. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was. She was a big business. She was a property. Mm. Like this is shortly before Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would which would have propelled her into, the, yeah. into the, the stratosphere. Mm. But yeah, she was Doctor Blight. Luton Plunder was James Coburn, who's a solid character actor. He was in one of my favorite films ever, Cross of Iron, a World War Two film. So he was. He was solid. He'd been Oscar nominated. Mm. Uh, Sly Sludge was voiced by by Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. who was big business back then. Um, he, 1990, so he'd just done Wall Street and, you know, Apocalypse yeah. Now had been a decade before. He oh was, yeah, he'd been he huge was, for he, a huge very for long ages. time. Yeah. And then Zarm was voiced by Sting, who was yeah. one of the biggest musicians in the world at the mm. time. Remember in 1990? This is when sort of the police were sort of winding down. He was building a name for himself as a solo artist. Yeah. Uh, like, so... Just, he wouldn't have been super known. Obviously, he was in June and Quadrophenia. Before yeah. then, but I think he just probably muscled his way into it. He was like Ted. I want to be. I want to be. Yeah, I want to be in this. But he um, was so huge, and like everybody fancied him at the time. Like he had yeah. a lot of currency. <clears throat> did people still fancy Sting in 1990? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. That, that, yeah, that, yeah. that idea. Well, like, that I'm he sure could they have, did. Uh, I wasn't yeah. around. No, <laughs> the tantric sex myth was still going around at that stage. That's true. It was Trudy believed. Yeah, it was believed that Sting could have sex for nine hours mm-hmm. so. before we had um, Snopes. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, star power and the whole idea was like just to create this um the, the this superhero who would tell you that the power was yours and there was an ending montage to every episode that showed people doing good things like cleaning up rivers and picking up uh, rubbish. Basically, it was a billionaire abdicating power and saying like, you know, you, the ordinary people of the world, it's up to you to clean up the, the, the planet. Yeah, I mean, we know a little bit more about what billionaires do and don't do now. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Say Ted at probably the, could have done a bit more than the cartoon. Yeah, but at but, the time... Yeah. But to be fair, like when you when you look into it and you realise like that the effect that Captain Planet has actually had, it's you have to say on the whole it's positive. Oh, what, definitely. What, yeah. What, what Ted Turner did in in this, like yeah. So he, he got a co-producer called Barbara Pyle who basically put flesh on the bones of Ted Turner's mm-hmm. idea and created uh, this idea. And oh, of course, the biggest star of them all, by the way, was their boss was Gaia, the goddess of Earth, and that was voiced initially by Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. for the first couple of years. And then the last couple of years, it was voiced by Margot Kidder, who is like just as big a name. Yeah. Uh, she's enormous. Like Whoopi Goldberg is an EGOT. Yeah. So. I love Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Um, Except for the. Yeah, the Cosby thing. The Cosby thing. And yeah. then also the. What's that director that 
was married to Sharon Tate. And she oh, Roman Polanski. Yeah. Roman Polanski. Yeah. But aside from that, I really enjoyed Sister Act 1 and there's 2. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like far too many Hollywood stars who are like totally okay with Roman Polanski. Yeah, yeah like, there was a petition to like in maybe like six, seven years ago to get Roman Polanski back into the US signed by a lot of Hollywood people and it, I would advise you to not read that no. list. No, yeah. some people have yeah. said and, and gone back and been like, I'd, I think Natalie Portman was like, oh, I shouldn't have signed that. Yeah, I think yeah. Wes Anderson did as well. Yeah. So that's the two were, were okay with Wes Anderson <laughs> so and like, okay, cool. yeah. They're allowed to have regrets. They're yeah. Yeah. We like those. Yeah. They're, they're okay. Um, but yeah, even guest actors, they had really good guest actors as well. I was reading, there's one episode um, that dealt with HIV yeah, where with Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor, and Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. and Elizabeth Taylor was yeah. so good in terms of like HIV activism. Anyway, so mm. for her to be on it, I just she was great. I loved Elizabeth Taylor as a person. She yeah, was very cool. What I find interesting about Captain Planet is that it is twenty nine years old this year, and everything that they warn you about in the first episode is still something we haven't actually fixed yet. Yeah, mm. yeah. it's been thirty years, and we've had Captain Planet for thirty years. It's kind of tragic. Like it's like. People still don't cut up their ring pull things. I know, it's, you know, it's and insane. that's easy. There's fish dying. Captain Planet's intro. That should be enough for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it should turn everyone into an environmentalist. It turned me into an environmentalist, like because I was I was young when this came out. Because um, you and I, Alan, were around about the same age. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, babies of eighty four. Yeah. Uh, so like it was five or six when this was broadcast first in the states. And yeah, by the time I got over here, it would have been. I was six or seven, yeah, seven yeah. or eight, like you know. But uh, this was just this opened my eyes. You got to go mm. and you got to do this. You got to clean up your area, your environment, look after it. Um, my dad was a musician, uh, so we, like it's a very precarious kind of job. So he'd always pick up jobs here and there, and he was a courier for a while, and he would bring home anything that was going free with the Herald. He'd managed to get a copy of it. So satellite poster of Dublin or, you know, a collector's edition of a, a book or something like that. Anything was going free with the Herald. And once he brought home a junior litter warden armband. And uh, yeah, seven-year-old Peter wore that. That is uh, sweet. It yeah. is the nerdiest thing I have ever, <laughs> ever done. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I'm pretty sure I got the shit kicked out of me for for wearing it, but uh, I yeah. was a proud little little environmentalist at that stage. And yeah, so when I was trying to re- research it for 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 this, so that we could talk about it, it's like it made me feel that I had to make the difference and mm. I had to to go and do it. And then of course you kind of you get more into environmentalism and you realise actually, well, wait a minute, there's like 10 oil companies that are like the world's worst polluters. If we just fix them and it'd be fine and mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have to, you know, carry my keep cup around and, and yeah. not do my, you know. I could probably still pick up litter or well, yeah. not drop litter. Yeah. Are kids not being told to not drop litter anymore? This, uh, this is the oldest thing I've ever said in this show. No, they are. <laughs> but like... When I was a little kid and I saw people my own age later, I would like admonish them. And yeah, them horrified. To pick it up when I was yeah. like, I would, I would follow kids that I'd seen from school drops up ahead of me and I'd be like, you dropped this? Mm-hmm. There's a bin over there. Like, yeah. I'm such a little asshole. But it just really, so it made brave, me though. so angry. You're so brave. I'm in my 30s. I wouldn't talk to teenagers now. Well, like, the thing with teens is that you just have to, like, once you dab, then they know. <laughs> ah, yes. Actually, no, to be honest, like, dabbing's <laughs> been over for, like, three years and no. everyone should I've stop. I've been learning to floss. I, have you been learning I, to floss? I can so, do it for, like, 11 seconds. You to have 11 about seconds. a month left of that being... I know. I gonna, I, I'm going to be honest, even I know at this stage, don't go up and floss in front of teenagers. It is crotch wiggling and there is no good way it's, of doing it, that's, that. It's not wiggling, it's trusting. That's the key to it. <laughs> yeah. Trusting. <laughs> is that what I'm doing wrong? Yes. <laughs> that's why I was arrested. I'm, I'm better than my nine-year-old nephew of flossing because I was going, look, I can floss him the other day and he was like, okay, let's do it. And I was doing it and then he tried to do it and he knocked a bottle of Coke <laughs> off the table. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> respect. You just got out flossed. <laughs> yeah. I used to teach... Um, 
Flossing. When I finished college, I used to, I used to teach. <laughs> Not flossing. I was a street dance teacher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Repeat after me. It's like that, and that's the way it is. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I used to teach Irish and German in a school in uh, Palmerston because when I finished college, um, I was just kind of didn't know. I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Mm. Uh, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. I want to make the world a better place. And uh, uh, so I started doing that by teaching, and I was a sub teacher, and I just would see these kids. First of all, their culinary and dietary habits were filthy. They were absolutely disgusting. They would go every single day and they would all order a curry chip roll, which is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it is exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. It's a buttered baguette with curry chips on it. Get rid of the butter and like, it's two different kinds of carbs Damn, and then just, curry sauce. Yeah, That's, I'm, a, gen, I'm, I'm that's okay. a Gen Z shark or carvery. Yeah. <laughs> but they Fully, would, like... Yeah. They would take the, this come wrapped in tinfoil and you just see them whip off half the tinfoil and just leave it on the ground beside them and then eat half the roll and then whip off the rest and leave it on the ground beside them. You're like, what are you doing? Like, mm. this is the area you live in and you're uh, throwing it down there. So yeah, this has become an old man rant about kids don't... Yeah. Uh, no, no literally it's like, it's fucking gross. Yeah, and like, I remember like in primary school it was like, Every class had like a, an oversized bin in the classroom. I did so many anti-littering posters yeah. in my time. And we like, all did. Yeah, and like I remember like, like junior infants, senior infants, they were like, this is the bus brusker. Yeah. You yeah. put you put everything in here. In- <laughs> like they, they hadn't done recycling yet in the 80s. They hadn't invented it. <laughs> but like you knew that that's that, where that the stuff the went. Brusker, and that's yeah. where you were like bold. I didn't want to be bold. That was the worst thing in the world. Oh, no, no, you couldn't yeah. be bold. No. Yeah. Because that means people mightn't like you. Yeah. Well, I'm the opposite like, was true. If you're bold, everybody likes you. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was the lesson the cool I kids wanted adults to like me. Yes. Yeah. So. That was my that was my downfall as well, I think. Yeah, I was the oldest child and I was like, I'm very scared because the teacher just left the room and there's no supervision here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't talk when the teacher left the room. I still, still used to sit there quietly. <laughs> did you, did you yeah. put your, your mayor at veil? I wouldn't do that, but I would just sit there. Just sit there very quietly. Like, did your teacher like used to assign someone to stand up at the board and write down whoever was talking when they left the room? Oh no, <gasps> a fucking rat! Like, yeah, people <laughs> used to do it though. People would write down the names. Yeah. Where are they now? Oh, the civil service. Probably. Probably. <laughs> I was going to say they're all guys. There was one. Yeah. There, there, there was one girl in my class who would just use that to settle scores. Mm. Like she gets straight up there and she'd be That's like That's just uh, petty Like I mean if you're But she'd be up there like Shauna And Shauna wasn't talking Shauna was talking This was an, a great Miscarriage of justice Yeah Power oh, just corrupts people Yeah no once a name went up there The rest of the time When the teacher was gone We spent begging them To write, wipe your name off the board And then everybody pointing down And watch this battle of wills <laughs> Happen out Yeah so, Oh my yeah. god I'm getting trauma flashbacks Yeah <laughs> I wasn't. I was never asked to be the monitor to write up the names and all that. Instead, I I had an advanced reading age, which is ridiculous because when kids have an advanced reading age, they're brought up thinking they're clever. Like I'm not. I'm. I mm. just was able to read early. Yeah. But I was the one who was always asked to read the passages or read the bit. Like when the when the teacher had a bad day, bit of a hangover, wasn't interesting in listening to Kevin. You know bollocks his way through uh, a little piece he was like yeah Peter you, you read you read so mm-hmm. so I was never asked to be the monitor or to, to look after uh, you know the classroom or to be the little rat basically I, was never asked I think to be the maybe they, I the, a teacher have... could sense that you would take it too seriously and actually rat everybody out like, <laughs> I don't want to give everybody like 10 lines to do at lunchtime because I have to check everybody's lines after lunchtime you got lines did you in school no you didn't well I mean I personally never got lines. well you have to write out um, I was I should not talk in class like 10, 20 I times. I think people who got in trouble did, but I didn't really get in trouble because I kind of okay, got away yeah. with a lot. Yeah. Because I was quite good in school. So yeah. they were like, oh, that's okay. You build yeah. up you build up a bit of cred in school, like, you know, primary yeah. school, secondary school, it's all the same. You just build up a bit of cred as a good kid and you can actually, you can use that leeway to sort of, what I found out in secondary school is if you walked around the corridors with a clipboard in your hand, nobody would question you. So I could skip entire classes just by 
walking around with a clipboard. I was like, oh, he looks like he knows what he's doing and he's a good kid. Yeah. I'm not gonna... Also, if you're painfully shy so much that the teacher actually writes down your school report, if you actually start talking, they'll be like, that's good, I guess. They're just that's like, good. I'm just happy yeah. yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Alan is growing a personality. Yeah. This is a positive step. Yeah. No, yeah. I would talk a lot, but other people would get in trouble. Mm. And I wouldn't. My brother yeah. was the opposite. My brother was the opposite of me. Uh, one time he got kicked out of a class and he wasn't even in school. Just somebody was talking and uh, the teacher just went, Dara, get out of the class. I was like, Dara's homesick. <laughs> well, argh. so I got I got away with murder mm. and my brother couldn't get away with shit all because he was just the first name on every teacher's list. He did it to himself, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got to play cool for that first month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's no, you, you go up to the biggest teacher and you, you and behave in front of them yeah exactly then, yeah. That's <laughs> <it. That's an laughs> you've laid it down teachers. Like, yeah. Yeah. and they respect you, you yeah. know, it's like a David Attenborough documentary yeah Captain Planet yeah yes <laughs> so here's yeah. some cool things I learned about Captain Planet today okay um, first um, the merch they insist on all the merch being made sustainably so all the companies have to overhaul their practices to be yeah. environmentally friendly which is huge Barbara Pyle is like she was the secretly real, one of the best people that have ever lived. Yeah, she was the real environmentalist. I don't want to hear anything else about her besides for Captain Planet yeah. <laughs> news. Yeah. But please yeah. keep it to to this small yeah. window of information. <laughs> but um, like where, where Ted Turner had all the uh, he'd like oh I want to be an environmentalist. He would say it and he would donate mm. and he would all that. Barbara Paul was putting things in place that were actually so yeah so there there were a couple of things that 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 sort of came out of this. There was a video game and it like it had Captain Planet shooting. Like it was a side scroller with loads of shooting and Barbara yeah. was like, that's that's not Captain Planet. So the Sega version of it was cancelled mm. and they, you know, and then yeah, all the merch had to be sustainably made. So they had to overhaul their whole plastic production systems and where they were sourcing everything from. All the packaging had to be sourced sustainably and, you know, because Barbara was big into preservation of the Brazilian rainforest and stuff like that. And it's weird, like, yeah, 30 years later, that place is still in so much jeopardy now and yeah. it's it's insane. But the other thing she did was a big proportion of the profits from the merch went to setting up the Captain Planet Foundation. So while Captain Planet ended in 96, um, the Captain Planet Foundation is still on the go. Yeah. It's still funding educational programs around the world. So it and really, they, give, they give like grants to like, basically like young scientist projects, but yeah. environmental science. Like So they had like, I was on the website earlier and they were doing like research into microplastics and yeah. aqua research and like, Tends to fall up into backpacks and stuff. Young Scientist is very cool. I was yeah. there this year for a while. Oh, yeah. And I got to see all the teenagers, and they have a lot of stuff on environmental things. Microplastics mm. is a huge research area, and yeah. they were doing like biodiesel fuel conversions and stuff. Um, it's really cool although I don't like it when people say oh teenagers and young people are going to save the world and stuff because that's something that they say of every young generation and then mm. like capitalism just beats everybody down so I think yeah. that's unfair to put that on teenagers yeah but it's a really fun thing if you do ever get to go you should go to the young scientists yeah they're pretty inspiring like, yeah. they are incredible mm -hmm. and it is so great to see this joy and this it's like before they you know they have to do the leaving cert and they forget all independent thought mm -hmm. and then and then work for one of the big pharma companies and basically end up causing more damage to the environment than... But not always. Else. Not always. No. There's always but a bit sometimes. Of hope. But not always, <clears throat> but sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. So the Captain Planet Foundation, uh, mm. incredible. It was founded like during the run of the show when they started doing merch. They started getting the deals. Barbara Pye was like, okay, well, X amount of the profits has got to go on educational um, uh, educational foundation called the Captain Planet Foundation. And then when Time Warner eventually um, merged with AOL in 2001, they actually decided we're going to shut down the Captain Planet Foundation. We're going to get rid of it because, you know, there's no more, no more time for this sort of stuff. So... Um, 
Ted Turner's daughter, Laura Turner Seidel, uh, and Barbara Pyle, and a few other people who were on the on the board, they actually bought out the rights for the Captain Planet Foundation so they could set it up as an independent educational charity. And then a couple of years later, they actually bought the rights to Captain Planet, the program, so they can basically they can make money if anyone goes and buys a DVD box out of Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. It's the Captain Planet Foundation that own it. Now, not that, not that any, but they are available for digital download. Yeah. <laughs> And there is a film in development, I think. It, that's been Leonardo sort DiCaprio of, yeah. might be doing one. That's been so. on the go for a long oh, time. Oh, because he yeah. loves the environment. Yeah. Almost as much as he loves women. 22-year-old women. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also a Don Cheadle Fun Your Die series where Don Cheadle plays Captain Planet. That, I found that very scary. It yeah. was terrifying. It's very, <laughs> it's very dark, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, dark. yeah I didn't Friend really who hasn't like seen that yet. Uh, it's basically, he's like, basically like Thanos or something. It's very where frightening. Like, where he's like, the problem is humans. So he just starts yeah. turning everybody into trees and he gets this look in his eyes yeah. the way when someone's gunning down people yeah it's gets. like huge mood to yeah. be honest <laughs> yeah. but I yeah like and it's just the the costuming he just looks very scary yeah. and I it's I, very uncanny valley isn't it yeah, yeah. it just slightly it is it's don't watch weird. it if you're in any way fragile <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah so I mean to be honest with you that came before the latest Avengers movie where Thanos has this um, mm. Thanos is an environmentalist he's just a sociopathic one yeah and he's just facing the he's wrong he's like a way. unabomber yeah of yeah. environmentalism mm. yeah exactly which is just You're like you made some okay points <laughs> <laughs> that's a good manifesto <laughs> don't read shame about the bombing but, yeah. like don't why do you gotta kill people anyway yeah, yeah but that, that, that's Thanos like and, and the problem is when you're when you're Working in environmental circles when you when you mean people, so there's always some gobshite who has that same idea. It's like, yeah, we need what we need to do is get rid of half the population. No, no, we don't. Like, the, oh, no, yeah, because and like normally the people who have these kind of ideas are middle aged white men. And, and aren't they a bit racist to, about it too? Don't they? Racist. Oh yeah, very, they often very say like they'll about it. say a whole continent is yeah. the issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like what about your tree kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> Barry or whoever yeah. you are. But like the like the, the fact of the matter is the people with the highest carbon footprint are, you know, middle class educated white men in Western countries. It's like yeah, like fly a lot for conferences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like the biggest thing you can do to add to the carbon like output of any country is, is have extra kids. Mm. Like just it's like kids in Africa aren't the problem, kids in Asia aren't the problem. No. You know what I mean? It's it's the ones who are who are gonna end up flying a lot for conferences and Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So we just need to fix it differently. Like you don't yeah. need to f- what I'm saying in a nutshell is Captain Planet was right. We don't need to actually kill anyone mm-hmm. to, to fix this. We I just like need the way it's about behaviors. teamwork. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that people could use that philosophy more because like I do think Ted Turner probably could have donated more money though than he did. Like I always find that with like billionaires and philanthropy mm. in general, they always are like, "I'm always like, you could give more money." Yeah, yeah. Like good nobody, for you that you did that, but you could give way more money. Nobody needs a billion of no. anything. No. Like no. At some point, out, if you anything. gave twenty euro to a GoFundMe last year, you donated probably more of your income percentage wise than, than Jeff like, Bezos did. Jeff Bezos. Even yeah, well, he, even if you gave like ten. He's millions. especially stingy though. Yeah. <laughs> This is unreal. Like, but Steve but, like, Jobs as well never was no. super bad with charity stuff as well. Like, there's no yeah. good, really. Like, besides our Lord and Savior George Soros, who funds this podcast. Thank yeah. you, George. Do you guys you get your Soros money? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was late. It was backdated, but yeah. yeah. Was it? I yeah. must not have filled out the form right. Yeah, no. He's he's good with like if you have a PayPal, he'll find he'll just. Oh yeah. right, okay, great. Because yeah. I've got to go fund me for. I'll better. Yeah, I yeah. better send it over mm-hmm. to. It's George at SorosFoundation dot org, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Just like sweet. send him, give like invoice him, oh, give him a better week. That's good. Yeah. That's good. 
It's a prompt pair. Prompt yeah, pa- yeah. Prompt exactly. payments appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> um, get the the the. What are we? I was reading that like Bill and Melania, uh, or no, it's not Melania. Bill and Melanie Gates is it? What's Bill Gates? Wife? Yeah, no, Melanie. Yeah, yeah. Melanie. yeah, not Melania. That's mm-hmm. totally no. different. Um, Bill and Melanie Gates are going to give each of their kids ten million as a legacy, and then they're going to donate the other. 98.6% of their fortune mm-hmm. away. And like, you're looking at that going like, wow, that's incredible. And then you sort of gone like, yeah, but like 10 million, that's a lot of money to yeah. leave your kids. But also just, just do it now. Yeah, yeah why don't <laughs> like, you just do it now? Why are you yourself? hoarding your wealth? Yeah. Like I'm scared, I was scared of this episode because I'm just so, like so over it and I'm <laughs> just like, you all have too much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, like, I don't know. I'm putting my hands up because I, I don't want to give out about rich people anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's well, all I do. That's the, <laughs> but that's the only reason I'm here is I thought we could we could totally bond over give giving out, out about rich, rich people. people. Yeah. yeah. I just think a lot of the time, like with environmental initiatives from companies like that, it's like they're, it's, it's big because they have huge amounts of money anyway. But yeah. when you look at it relative to like how much people who are on like 28 grand a year will mm. give, it's... Yeah shit all money and it's shit all money and it's, and it's usually greenwashing like it's yeah. just, just this nonsense mm. about like so I was in the RT canteen just before Christmas uh, brag with, with my wife yeah <laughs> humble brag yeah, yeah. no like I mean look at the Irish it's language it's a stunning circles. canteen <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's very frankly nice. yeah. amazing yeah the the B-Day is just a no. <laughs> uh, it's not it's not a stunning canteen it's, <laughs> it's no it's just grand like, but uh, they have this they have these posters up saying like oh we're totally going green and you know we're uh, you know everything is going to be compostable no single use plastics and everything mm-hmm. and then you go up and like well hang on a second last time I was here you had porcelain mugs and you've replaced them all with compostable cups like a porcelain mug is ten times better a million times yeah. better because what you do is you take it to a sink and wash it mm-hmm. you know and I understand they're trying to encourage the RT staff to use their um, their keep cups and that's yeah. brilliant yeah. but like I'm, I'm a guest you know what I mean I'm not bringing my keep cup with me I just got phoned can you hey can you come in and do a piece about the Green Party's latest press release or something like that so I do I go in and I want to have a cup of coffee they've got these compostable cups but like those compostable cups, oh well and good and all that, but they can't be composted in Ireland unless they're specifically heat yeah. composted in a certain way. Like so, it's useless. It's just as bad as a single use plastic. Mm. Really? It's yeah, and oh. like there's so much greenwashing going on. It's like oh, our packaging is entirely recyclable. It's like yeah, but is it recyclable in Ireland? Because or do you have to go like I find that a lot with food packaging in supermarkets because I'm trying really hard to make sure that I'm recycling everything that I can. Yeah, but there's so many. Plastics that don't have any information on whether or not they're recyclable. Oh, so it's I just, so terrible. So yeah. I learned a great rule of thumb this oh. morning from my... Uh, I was going to ask you what are your tips, but yeah. okay. So if you can scrunch it up and it doesn't go back to its original shape, it probably can't be recycled in Ireland. Okay. Soft plastics. We used to be able to recycle them, but China stopped accepting our waste a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, last year even. And uh, and now, now we can't. Now, this is the thing as well, because like, we could then put them in the green bin and we can have our clear consciences and go like, oh, this is fantastic. I'm recycling. Aren't I great? It's a way and but I can't see it. Probably getting incinerated in China, yeah. mm. and the fact that it was being flown or shipped there as well adds to the carbon footprint. So it's it's you know you have to have a holistic view of these things. Yeah. But yeah, if it's hard plastic, it can be recycled. It can be recycled in Ireland, and it can be recycled maybe once. The best thing is to try and find paper, try and find cardboard, try and find wooden packaging or or tins, aluminium tins, cans. Like use brown paper fans. for presents and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic because some of that glossy. Wrapping paper yeah. can't be recycled, which is hmm. anything what with mixed can materials. People do like because I find a lot of the time, and I don't know if because in work and stuff we would cover a lot of climate change stuff, and it can be really overwhelming when you look at it on a global scale. Yeah, but and and I know obviously, like you said earlier, that individuals aren't 
always going to be able to fix everything and the, there's yeah. too much of an onus on individual people. But what what are some good things that people can do that can make themselves even feel a little bit better about? Yeah, so I'd say the one thing is, um, and the only tip I never give anyone is don't let the big picture get you down because it's really, really, really disconcerting to just look at how how much pollution is 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 affecting places around the world and they, there was a piece recently about um they even in deep water fish deep sea fish now they're finding microplastics in their mm-hmm. uh, body so just look at your purchasing habits and look at what you're buying and the first step in reduce reuse recycle is reduce so just cut down on the stuff that you're buying like it's well and good getting the stuff that is recyclable and there's a recent movement and it's really really great it's really heartening to see is people just stripping off all the plastic wrapping in the supermarket and leaving it there for the supermarket to deal with and they legally have to if they produce more than 10 tonnes of waste they have to repack make them dispose of the plastics themselves responsibly that's great but what would be even better is uh, I'm trying to yes and this as <laughs> yeah. opposed to no but um, yes and what would be even better is just watch what you're buying and see if you can just go without that plastic in the first place mm. and 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 uh, reduce 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 it's much better my wife and I were were trying to get better at this and it's really difficult because we've got an, a, a wee baby at home he's uh, nine months old and uh, it, you know we so we've loads of nappies and you can't do anything with nappies except mm. landfill they can't mm. be recycled they can't be you know they can't be incinerated they can't look they just go into landfill and they last forever and it's real it's a real shame um but like the alternative is to use towels and you know yeah, like, like cloth nappies cloth, and stuff yeah. like that. And like, so we used to have a far more circular economy, you know, because my mom was saying that like I was brought up in cloth nappies. But the thing is, like, someone would come around every week and collect the dirty cloth nappies and bring back the clean ones. There was a service. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing that anymore. Like nobody is laundering cloth nappies anymore, so people don't want them. Yeah. So, but we used to have a circular economy. You used to buy something and expect it to last. And it's uh, like milk bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even when you buy like a piece of electrical equipment or something like that, the, the inbuilt redundancy is what, two years now? How long's a phone mm. last? My phone is riddled and my contract oh. is longer than the effective life of my phone. Mm. But planned people planned obsolescence, to buy, isn't planned it? Planned obsolescence. Yeah. That's exactly it, yeah. But now people are not used to this idea of repairing things and, mm. and you know, so I mean I, I just I'm terrible because I will I will not do exactly as I'm preaching. I will go and I will buy cheap things and I will buy cheap clothes and I'll buy cheap shoes because it can be expensive to live. to do the environment, to live, yeah. to live, to do the environmentally conscious thing as well. But it is in the long run worth it to get a kind of, get, get a nice coat, you know, that can be tailored and can be changed. And if you, if you tear it, it can be fixed. If you have shoes, bring them to a cobbler and things like that. But I mean, we just need to, on the whole, change our thinking around our relationship with products and our, basically... Basically, the long story short is capitalism is destroying the planet and we have to stop it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what goes in its place has to be something that's circular and that thinks about, you know, we, we're a part of this planet, like it or not. And we kind of have to act like that instead of acting like it's a resource for us to be, you know, to use up to mm-hmm. to throw away. And yeah. like with Captain Planet, after watching it, um, how did you take your interest in the environment throughout like say your teens and 20s and stuff like what how did that evolve for you it's kind of uh, changed like initially i just wanted to be like wheeler who was the american guy and he was cool because his ring would make fire yeah uh, which oh, was well i mean that's which fast. was when i was a kid that was <laughs> yeah. the best of the so Kwame, and he had a ridiculous new york accent as well yeah totally like, yeah hey hey, hey forget about some, it I'm, I'm firing here yeah, yeah. i'm metalizing <laughs> here yeah fire <laughs> yeah that's gonna say fire yeah, yeah. um 
and like so they they all had powers their rings had powers mm-hmm. and it was the it was the the elements and heart because mm-hmm. was heart Aww. and um you he know, was so, telepathic though so that was that's class yeah and so, scary and he got a monkey as a like side project so <laughs> <laughs> was that genetically engineered was Matty's monkey genetically engineered because I think he was oh um, was he I don't know, I don't know. A lab monkey he was like, way cleverer than your average monkey yeah, yeah. no doubt about it. yeah so Kwame had the power of earth and he could make the world the you know. The ground grow up and mm-hmm. trap somebody. Wheeler had fire, which is just the coolest at the time. When you're a kid, that's the coolest. Mm-hmm. Lenka had wind. Uh, Guy had uh, water, and Matty had heart. And like, so my relationship with Captain Planet is complex because, as I went initially, fire, just want fire. That's mm-hmm. the absolute mm-hmm. classist. And then, then you sort of you realize like this idea that the power is yours and you have to, you know, you have to do, you have to clean up. I totally bought into that as a kid. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll make a difference. Like, I'll make, yeah. I will make a difference. Then as a teenager, you sort of realise how big the world is and how difficult it is. And like, I'm not going to make a difference. Like, I'm just, I am insignificant, but I'm still going to do the right thing because I know it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to recycle. I'm still not going to drop litter. I'm going to be mm-hmm. conscious of, of, of the planet around me and animals. Because, and, you know, animals are cute. It's very, very, very difficult to, to argue with the fact that animals are cute. I don't think so, any court of law would say that they're not cute. Exactly, exactly. That is that is a legal finding, that is <laughs> yeah. a scientific fact. There is no BT Young Scientists uh, project saying, you know, are animals cute? They are. They, it's, they, it's facts, like, yeah, you yeah. know. So, like, you still do the right thing. Then in my 20s, I started to realise, actually, you know what? Maybe I can make a difference and, and maybe I can affect change at a higher level. Maybe I can change policy. Maybe I can change the world. Mm. And you know, when you're 21 and you're in college or whatever and you actually genuinely think you can change the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then you start to realize that actually, you know what? Maybe the whole time Mati had the right ring and maybe Hart is actually the most powerful of them all. And And the one thing I realized is that Right through it all, Captain Planet is utterly fucking useless at his job. He's terrible. He has five kids who do all the heavy lifting. They do all the hard work because Captain Planet's one weakness, and you bear in mind that he was put on this earth by Gaia to fight pollution, his one weakness is pollution. Like, you'd think that, like, when she was doing her iterating or whatever, that she'd be like, okay, we need him to be okay with this and yeah. not. Yeah. Or just give him, like, a, a smock or something. Yeah, a pair of like gloves. Yeah. Pair of marigolds. gloves. Yeah, so even a hazmat suit, if yeah. for extreme situations. But, like, so this, this guy, he totally, <laughs> he totally does, like, in the cartoon, whenever there's pollution around, he totally does this thing that, like, that Superman does with kryptonite. He's, like, he's weak and he's mm-hmm. he can't do it. So he's utterly useless at the actual practical end of cleaning up the planet but what it's he just is the face of it but he's inspiring yeah he's inspiring he's yeah. a leader mm-hmm. and he's a sweet mullet yeah and he's a leader and he's able to just tell these these five teenagers that like yeah. the power is yours and that's what they do they end up spreading the good word and, yeah. and so they I realized solved that, the like, um, oh sorry go on Oh yeah, they they solved everything. Like they solved, yeah. they solved everything. The HIV crisis. Uh, they Northern solved Ireland. Yeah, oh, Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, that was. We need to talk episode. about that. Yeah. We do need to talk about that. That was incredible. So there's one episode where one of the baddies sets up nuclear bombs in Northern Ireland, Palestine, and South Africa. Actually, yeah. watch. So the team split up, to, and they send the American guy to Northern Ireland Ooh, to sort like out Bill this Clinton. bomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the uh, uh, one Protestant, one Catholic, each have a detonator. Yeah. So he has to convince both of them to be friends. And the, the Catholic's called Sean O'Reilly. And he's portrayed quite um, sympathetically, I would he is say. Actually, he is actually, uh, Compared yeah. to the Protestants who are not compared. No. To, what to was his the, name? Like Cuthbert or something? It was like um, Scotty Foster or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, and, and like the, yeah. So the, 
the problem I had with that was they they kind of they oversimplified the South African narrative and the 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 Israeli Palestinian mm. narrative, yeah. where it was kind of like, "Ah, now lads, you are both at it." And I was like, "No, that's that's well, don't not historically hold. accurate <laughs> at all." Like, that's, out. that's yeah. Yeah, that's it's not like when I used to make my dolls kiss. Yeah. And then and then in Northern Ireland, they um. It was one of the weird retellings of the 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 the, the narrative of the troubles because at mm. the time the troubles this pre ceasefire you know northern yeah Ireland, it was yeah. like a few years before yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, pre Belfast Agreement and and yet the way they discussed it and the way they spoke about it not only was it like sort of sympathetic but it kind of was historically accurate and real as well because they sound like like you know this is not about it's not about religion they came over here and they took our land and it's like oh okay mm. you're the first well, American television program that has not brought it down to it's the Catholics and they hate the Protestants and yeah. like yeah. so it was actually but yeah but then then they had a new so it's kind of yeah. silly also IRA is spray painted on the walls and over the place yeah. which is subtle oh, yeah. I was yeah. in a cafe I was yeah. in a cafe this morning and somebody had uh, written IRA on the walls and somebody had come in in a different pen and added an N so it said Iran yeah. and then somebody else in a third pen had written underneath <laughs> Ooh, uh, up the Shah oh. <laughs> which I thought was quite witty yeah we should cut that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. We have a lot of IRA graffiti down where I live. Mm. A lot of it. A lot of one, like, where it's just the IRA and then also, like, free the whoever. Like, a lot of those kind of, like, there's a yeah. lot of people in prison in the UK mm. and people are mad about it. Yeah. I, I worry that the impact of the IRA has been sort of um, diminished over the last couple of years that we've kind of... Because everyone's memed it. Yeah, we've memed yeah. it. We've turned it into cartoon sectarianism. Yeah. We're like, no, the guys, there was... There was that was a big thing yeah. once upon a time. But I was going to say something about this episode. So, how did they resolve it between the two with their with their nuclear items? They, what did they, they do? They literally made them hug it out. Not not I quite. So they hugging opened, it out, but they, they opened a bakery together. At the yeah. End. And that then, is so And they were like, cute. if we can just make every Catholic and Protestant open a bakery together, will the bakery yeah. do, do same-sex wedding cakes or no? Well, yeah. See, what originally it was Sean O'Reilly's bakery was bombed by like the UVF or something oh, was, the, was the inciting incident. For a kids TV yeah. show, like fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you got to bear in mind that this is this is the same kids TV show that had uh, um, that had dealt with the HIV AIDS, yeah. uh, you know, catastrophe. That, and and it was dealing with some heavy stuff. It was a real heavy hitting show. Yeah, Lincoln's um, um, cousin Boris died of a drug overdose. Is yeah. that in one episode? Oh, wow. So like, they literally went, died. They went heavy. At this stage, yeah. like, and bear in mind, like, cartoons at this stage, like... Like the X Men cartoon that came out in the nineties as well, mm. all the bad guys used robots because they didn't want to show anybody actually dying on the screen. Yeah. So Wolverine would be chopping up robots and they'd mm. be exploding. Cyclops would be blowing up robots and uh, things like that. Uh, like, but this one was like, no, no, people die. Mm. Yeah, if happens. Cyclops, if Cyclops and Wolverine had a body count of actual people, the oh, way they no. had of robots in that show, it would have been horrific. Yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah. So gruesome. Um, yeah. Oh, we talk about the theme song. We do need to talk about the theme song. It's, it's one of the greats. It was a bop. It, was it, has, a bop, a, it has a rap bop bop. in it. It does. It yeah. has, has spoken more a bit from one of the villains. It's. I saw. I was in a battle of the bands when I was in college and uh, one of the bands in our heat was called Shred Tech. And they did like, they were like an ironic like shred metal band. Okay. But they did, but they <laughs> did like, this. they had a song called The Medley which had like Dog Tanyon and Captain Planet oh. and everything. Did it have James good. Bond Jr.? Because that it, was an oh, absolute, it might have, yeah. It was a belter as well. But yeah, so it's it was iconic. It's been iconic for a very there long time. There was a James Bond Jr.? Yeah, he was his nephew. His nephew. His, well, his in quotes, nephew. his nephew, yeah. We just, Alan and I both did the inverted commas. <laughs> yeah. It's not a visual well, medium. Yeah. Why? Why? 
You wouldn't really name your nephew Junior. Is, no, is yeah. what it was. That's yeah. a really big overstep on James <laughs> Bond's part. <laughs> Quite um, weird. He probably has it. Unless it was he's the real dad. That's James, the James Bond yeah. Junior yeah. was made in Island Bridge. It was a Murakami Wolf Swenson cartoon. Oh, really? it and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So James Bond Junior. I loved James Bond Junior as well. But that's on the Dan which helped. Yeah, huh? it was under Dan. Yeah, so yeah. which yeah. Captain Planet wasn't? I think no, I, I, Captain was Planet was for a couple of years, but okay. much later on in the fact. Now yeah. we, I was lucky. When I was growing up. We had the channels. Yeah, we so saw it. Yeah, I was able to watch it on CITV or whatever. No, it over your own. Dingmouth Captain Planet theme song is that's the actual that's the ending theme song, which everyone knows. The intro is just like Captain Planet narrating the story of it, basically. Well, no, initially it was Kwame narrating. Oh, Kwame, the story. Then, yeah, it was Levar Burton in his Kwame. Yeah, uh, and actually, then they switched to Captain Planet when they yeah. switched to. And then for the last season. They changed that completely and had a rap by yeah. Fred Schneider from the, from the B-52s, B-52s. Yeah. where he says, I, wait, what? He said, Captain Planet, he's the man, uh, something. And he says, he's the Mega Mac daddy of ecology. And it's like a two minute rap by Fred Schneider and it yeah. doesn't work at all. Yeah, it's, none of it scans. It's like he's reading it off a page for the first time. I can and imagine that the, his voice because I love the B-52s. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, why? It's, <laughs> I would check it out. It's okay. on YouTube. It's, yeah. it's an experience. Yeah. You will not want to listen to it twice. But yeah, Edge. Fred Schneider from B fifty two is the Captain Planner up. Which yes. I only I I the, maybe those episodes didn't near over here. Because I've never seen it before. Um, no, I, I, I honestly think I've suppressed it. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, because I was looking, I was researching for this and I was like, I genuinely don't remember that. Yeah. Cause and, like, it's like, and, and it's got the Fred Schneider voice and he's like, he's, yeah, he's, he's a very Mega Mac like, Daddy yeah. of the Ecology. Yeah. And like they have like, the words Mega Mac Daddy appearing in cool 90s words <laughs> on the screen. It was, it is so fucked. radical. Yeah. So <laughs> radical. Yeah. That's, no. Um, that's, yeah, but yeah, so everybody knows that the, the ending theme tune, which is mm. which is just glorious. The lyrics are incredible. It's their words to live by. Yeah, Take pollution exactly. down to zero. Yeah, exactly. saving our planet's the thing to do. Yeah. Like it is, though. Yeah. He's not wrong. It's the only thing to do. Really. Looting and polluting is not the way. Mm-hmm. No. So here's what Captain Planet has to say. I always finish on those magical words. The yeah. power is yours. And then afterwards, for the first season, it was a dick animation. Kind of ruined it. It's like Dick Wolf. It gets me every time. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the most dangerous kind of wolf. I'm going to make a Law and Order episode about you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah the, 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 the end credits, it, it kind of it ended abruptly then after the power is yours is very inspiring. Mm. And then it would be dick animation. Yeah. Just come blasting at you. <laughs> it reminds me one time Carnation Street had this character who uh, she kidnapped a baby and then uh, she was all found out and it started to unravel and it was a really, really poignant moment where she ran away from Kevin Webster and she got hit by a truck mm-hmm. oh, no. and she's lying there dead in the street and then they, they didn't do any credit music. There was no da 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 or anything like that. They just did the credits in total silence over her body as the shot pulled away. It zoomed out and out and out and out and out. And it was so, so poignant. Wow. Soaps are but so good But the problem is, though. at the time... Coronation Street was sponsored by Cadbury, so it cut immediately to a chocolate fellow walking down, <laughs> walking down Coronation Street, going, da, 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 da. and he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." So yeah. yeah, Captain Planet would would have this inspiring words, "The power is yours," and then it would cut immediately to Dick Animation. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah." There we go. So I think that's Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah, that, that so, is Captain Planet. And the Planet Peter, series. what things do you have to promote? Yeah, or plug, plug or where can we find you on social medias yeah I'm uh, at the Cav official uh, I'm still working away with the Motherfuckler podcast you can listen to me on Radio Nalifa every Monday at 8 o'clock if you want to get your Irish language on I present a show called Ardcahar and yeah one of the biggest differences you can actually do 
Um, for the environment is, I firmly believe, a stronger green voice. So just find out who your local green candidate is, make contact with them, find out if they're the kind of person you want to support and help them out because we need your help and we need to make a difference. And as Captain P said, the power is yours. There we go. Yeah. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Hey, we're back. Hey. Thank you again to Peter Kavanagh. Thank you, Peter. For giving us the opportunity to talk about Captain Planet. Yeah. Because it was fun. I know you never watched it. No, I, I, have I, no I have no idea about it. I was like, this is just... Look old. <laughs> and, it, and it is. It is old. Yeah. 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 It was good, though. I liked the concept. It was really cool. Mm. No, it's cool. Um... Yes. Oh, we should do our thank yous. That's why, mm-hmm. that's why we do this bit. Yeah. So thank you to Steve McDonald. Thanks, Steve. For our artwork. Thank you to Brian for producing this episode. Hi, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you to Headstuff for hosting us. Yes. And giving us the studio to work in, uh, which is, it's getting better again. We say this every time. They got new floors. I didn't know you could get new floors. They got new floors. Yeah. Very nice. It's very nice. Um, they have a nice air purifier thing here in the corner. It's also very good. Just a nice place to do a podcast. Yeah, it is. Um, what else? So yeah, we're on all the social media stuff. Not going to go into specifics, but if you search Juvenalia, yeah, we're there. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. For Facebook. like, who's on Facebook really anyway? Yeah. Um, Except out of necessity, because you have to kind of be anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's a tech journalist. Oh, am I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, if you want to listen to other podcasts, obviously there's like. Eighty other episodes of, of this, but also there's F and I Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is a film podcast, which is very good and very mm-hmm. enjoyable. Or you could also listen to the Alison Spittle Show, which is has been around for about as long as we have. Yeah, and it's still great. Alison's mm-hmm. still great. Go listen to her Sharon Horgan episode because that was a lot of fun. I love Sharon Horgan. I had a dream better yesterday. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a dream. Me, her, and Rob Delaney were like prepping for end days. That's a fun dream. It was fun and also very scary. Like, yeah. but they were good to be around for that kind of thing. Yeah, they're it no kind nonsense. of made it they brought yeah. some levity to it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go see, go listen to uh, subject of Ellen's dreams, Sharon Horgan, on the Alice Splitting Show, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We'll see you. It'll be nearly Paddy's day. So, yeehaw, yee, and haw. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> yee and haw. All right.